Hey there, <laughs> welcome to another episode of Lakeside. I'm your host, Daniel Stombaugh, and I'm glad you're here with me today. We are going to have a transformational day today. We're going to take the next few minutes and talk about our identity in Christ, that is who we are in Him and who we are to Him. And this is powerful because identity brings purpose. Let's get started. episode number six, and we're jumping right into Song of Solomon chapter one and verse number six. And I think that one of the greatest days of our life is the day that you let go of your opinion of you and you begin to choose to operate out of the king's opinion of you. And I think for so long, we sort of programmed into our mind when we think about God or we think about God loving us, uh, we talk about it in general because we don't understand it in specifics. We compare God's love to a human love that says, I'll love you, and then you love me back, or, or first you love me, then I'll love you. And, and we look at God's love like that, but God says, I don't understand that love, man. My love says, I love you knowing that you aren't going to love me back. In fact, Romans tells us, while we were yet sinning, Christ died for us. That love was extended us from the king uh, in the while while we were actively pursuing a life away from him uh, we were in the opposite direction looking for satisfaction looking for fulfillment and looking for identity in different sources and in different wells and the fact is that God says my love for you is not based upon you my love for you is completely based upon me Hebrews tells us he established that covenant on his own name he said you weren't able to keep this covenant I established this thing with you this agreement this love um, I established the way that I feel about you based upon me and based upon my name and so when the king takes her into the palace there's so much more going on here than just the lyrics and the melody of the story and remember what makes Song of Solomon such a great song is not just the lyrics and not just the melody but it's the message the lyrics of the song are uh, the shepherd girl and the king and it can get distracting at times and so if you read the book with just your eye for the lyrics you're going to walk away saying that's a good song now let's move on to something else uh, that's not a, one pastor said that this book is not very relevant in the bible today and i had to say well this is someone that just doesn't understand they've just they've just looked at the song and they've walked away and said you know that's a great that's a good song but they've just listened to the lyrics and then you have the melody which is the sexual content and there's so much of that in this book that at times it can get overpowering and if you're if you lose focus on that, you tend to walk away going, whoa, that's a good book. <laughs> but you miss the fact that this is not just a good book. This is a great book because of everything that the message of this book contains. And so we look at this uh, up to this point. You know, he's brought her into the palace. And so now we kind of start right at the in the middle of the story. When you open up the book, she's already with the king. And then we're going to go back as you read on in the book. It kind of does a flashback type thing. It kind of puts you out in the vineyard when he was disguised as a shepherd and when he met her. And then we see all the different aspects of the story, the abuse that she had as a child growing up with her brothers. And you see all of the story trying to weave back and forth with flashbacks and fast forwards and present day clips. It's like a, a movie you're watching. It's so awesome. And so when I'm looking at this book, man, right here, we're in the middle of a flashback scene, you know, so it starts off right there in the bedroom of the king and she's looking at her proximity uh, how close you were to the king and proximity determined your value to the king and so uh, she was not outside the walls she was not um 
in the palace, some in the background somewhere, she was actually in his bedroom. And so she stood there and she looked at the king and she was looking in his eyes. He was telling her how much he loved her. And the very first thing she did it was take a step back. And we said that, you know, as as believers or just as people in general, we're terrible at receiving things, man. Somebody wants to do something nice for us. The very first thing we do is we tell them, oh, you shouldn't have done that. They get you a Christmas gift. Oh, you know, you really shouldn't have done that. Well, just say thank you and take the gift, you know, <laughs> because someone out of the goodness of their heart said, I want to do something for you, but we have a hard time receiving things. And so when salvation is no different, uh, we take Jesus because he's free 99, <laughs> but we tend to reject a lot of it because of him and his love for us because we're it's so difficult for this because God's love doesn't depend on us. There's nothing about you or I that can merit uh, his approval or earns that love. It is a totally dependent on nothing. That gift was only dependent on himself. And he says, I extend this to you. And so she was looking at him and he was telling her his feelings for her and, and the reality of sinking into her that she was in his bedroom and she was brought close to the king and she compares herself to the daughters of Jerusalem and says, I'm not olive skin like them. I don't look like them. I don't I don't act like him. It's, it's no different than the Christian understanding this thing of wearing your righteousness of God. And you say, but I don't feel this way, man. I do this and I do that. And, and man, I slip up and I don't go to church as often as I should. And I don't tithe all the time. And we tend to throw all these things up that says, this is why you should not give me your unmerited love. This is why you should not give me your uh, that, that empowering blessing on my life. This is why you should not give me favor. And we look at the king and we try to give him those things. And he says, listen, you're missing the point. I love you for you because of not because of who you are, but because of whose you are. You are mine. And so she stands there and she says, listen, don't look at me. My skin is not right and my skin is black and it's not like the daughters of Jerusalem. I'm like the tents of Kedar. And he says, no, you're like the silken tents of Solomon. And last episode, I asked you to, to make an effort to write down this words, I am silk. I am silk. Write that down. And to look at this over and over and over again, uh, put it on your bathroom mirror, put it on a 305 card on the dashboard of your car. I am silk. Put it on your lock screen to your phone. Every time you open your phone, it says, I am silk. What are you doing? You're trying to undo what a lifetime of looking at God as this distant deity has created in your heart. Remember, you can only give away what you understand that you have. So if you, if you understand yourself to just be some vagabond castaway that is uh, that God doesn't really love very much because you're not ever equal to what you should be in your own mind, then guess what? You're forever going to give that away. Well, you know what? God would bless you, but you got to get this and this and this squared away first, and you got to get this and this and this to get right with God, and, and understanding that God made you right, and when you look at that stuff, man. So here she is. She looks at him in verse number six, chapter one and verse number six. Uh, he tells her she's silk in the in, end of verse number five. He tells her, no, you're silk, because kings don't wear wool. Kings wear silk, and I made you silk. What makes Solomon so so powerful is that he said, only I can do this. Only I can make you this because you were not born this. I made you this. I created you. I gave you your value. I gave you your beauty. I gave you your strength. I took your ashes and I gave you beauty. I took your brokenness and I gave you hope. That's what God has done for us. And so God is the King of Kings, looks at us and he says, I made you silk. And again, it's very difficult for us to, um, to receive this. So verse number six, we jump in and it says, look not upon me because I'm in black. Because the sun hath looked upon me, my mother's children were angry with me. They made me the keeper of the vineyards, but my own vineyard have I not kept. 
That's verse number six. And so she jumps right in and says, man, don't look at me because I was made. I mean, I'm dirty. Man, I messed up. I'm just worthless. And man, I'm, 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 I'm just a, this, this loser person, right? Just don't look at me because I'm black. The sun looked upon me. Mother's children were angry with me. They made me keepers of the vineyards. And if you look back at this, at our life, we're going to do some fast forwards here. And you're, what you're going to find is that that she was abused a man she was taken advantage of when she worked in this vineyard and she was uh she was actually put to the test and and taken advantage of and used and abused and she was treated very very badly and so she makes reference of this and we're going to find out more of that but she said look man my own vineyard have I kept the things in my own life are falling to pieces they're not what they should be and she's still struggling to accept the idea of the king's love for her she is so focused on her flaws and on her blemishes that her eyes miss the most important part of this entire passage. You know, she's so focused on her flaws and her blemishes and all the reasons why she should not be uh, the person that the king has told her that she is, and she's missed out on the fact of where she is standing. And let me just say this to you. Anytime you feel distant from God, Anytime you feel distant from the Father, every time you feel distant from the King, you say, I just don't feel close to God right now. What you have done is you have taken your eyes and you have focused on what you have done to you and you have removed your focus on what He has done for you. Anytime I feel distant from God, it's because I have focused on what I have done to me instead of what the King has done for me. Her eyes cannot see that she's standing in the bedchamber of the king, the most personal place in the entire palace, and that is where she's standing. And she has removed her eyes off of all of that, and she is focusing on herself. She's focused on her own flaws and the blemishes. She says, man, I've been made to work. My feet don't look like this. My, my hands don't look right. My arms don't look right. My skin doesn't look right. And she is focused on all of the things that she sees as blemishes and flaws, and she has lost focus on the fact that she's standing right there in front of the king. She has his attention. She has his love. She has his favor. She has his blessings. She has his choice on her life. And she looks at everything else except that. And I promise you, ladies and gentlemen, when we look and take our eyes off of uh, where we are in proximity to the king and the palace and we focus on us, what we have just done is robbed ourselves of something truly phenomenal. We've robbed ourselves of this understanding that God made us close. God made us close to him. Man, he said, I am going to do something that that, that the Old Testament saints didn't have. I am going to send you my spirit. It's a better thing that I leave because when I leave, Christ said, the comforter shall come, the Holy Spirit, the permanent indwelling of God's spirit inside of you and inside of me. And what has that done? That has made me close. That has made me this friend of God. Let me ask you, Your past, your looks, your mess-ups, your blemishes, can I just say something? Those are not you. Your past, it's not you. The cross gave you a new future. We love to say that. Man, the cross gave me a new future, brother. That's true. But the cross gave you a new past as well. We said your sins and iniquities I remember no more. You wear my righteousness. Your past started over the day that you accepted the invitation of the king. When your hand touched his, your past started over and you were given a brand new past. 
I'm telling you, God made you close and he brought you into proximity with him. And so let me ask you, in light of all of that, what could you ever do that could undo what he did for you? I want you to think about that for a minute. What is it that you could ever do that would undo what Jesus did for you? Let me answer that. Nothing. Nothing. There is nothing that you could ever do that would undo what he did for you. There is no curse word that you could say that could undo and overpower the blood of Christ that paid for your sins. There's no physical action you could ever do that would undo what Christ did to make you clean. Do you understand me? You say, I let God down. I don't know how many times I went, when I worked in the church out here this counseling, I let God down, Brother Daniel. And I just want to say, at what point did you ever hold him up? <laughs> you never did. It's not an encouragement for you to run off and, and live like the devil, honestly. Uh, Romans says, man, shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. It's not this license to run off and just do whatever I want to do because God made me clean and I'm forever clean no matter what I do. No, 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 no. You know, you're missing the point here. The Holy Spirit moved inside of you. Paul said, if you join yourself to a prostitute, you're taking God with you. There's nothing you can ever do to separate yourself from him. What can separate us from the love of Christ? There's a whole long list of things that he gives out. He says, that no creature can ever separate you from that. Man, you're joined with him. You're one spirit with him. Look at him and says, listen, we're not close because of our behavior." We are close because of his behavior. I can just imagine that girl standing in the bedchamber of the king. She looked at herself and she lost sight of where she was for just a minute. And then she stops. She looks at her feet. And then she looks past her feet. And she looks at where she's standing. It's a marble floor. It's not just any marble floor. It's, it's darker in that, in that room and the marble floor, the shine off the floor is picking up on the torch light or the lamp light from the walls. And she realizes she's in a very intimate place, a very personal place. And her eyes begin to travel across the floor to the walls, to the curtains and tapestries. And she sees the light from those lamps flickering in there, reflecting off the gold that adorns that wall and adorns that bed furniture and adorns that that couch and the richness of that fabric and she realizes wait a minute I'm standing in his bedroom like I'm standing boldly boldly I'm standing at his throne the seat of his power is here this is his behind closed doors this is where his heart is and I'm I'm there and she realized that she was not close because of her behavior. She was close because of his behavior. While we were yet sinning, Christ died for us. You and I are not close to God because of what we do or what we don't do. We're close to God because of what, of him, what he has done. You need to think about that. You need to let that soak. You need to marinate on that for just a minute. You're close because what he has done. Anytime we feel distant from God, we've chosen to take our focus off of where we are and we focus on what we've done. 
we focus on what we have done to us, and we miss the fact of what the King has done for us. I'm telling you this this morning or tonight or whatever time it is you're listening to this, you are close. And man, I just, I, I wish that I could just jump through this microphone to you and say, just shake you, say, listen, you're close. Someone said, God is just a prayer away. No, 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 no. He is closer than that. He's inside of you. You carry him. His spirit indwells you. There's nothing you can do to ever scare him, to ever cause him to leave. Man, the Old Testament saints, David would pray, please, please, Holy Spirit, don't depart from me. Man, you and I never have to pray that prayer because he is indwelling us permanently. He's there. His spirit is there. He says, if anything, behold, I stand at the door and knock, and if any man hear my voice and open, I will, st- I will enter and I'll sup with him and he with me, and we'll have fellowship one with another. What was that? It was not, man, if anything, he was just saying, listen, that was not a letter to, that was not written to people that were lost. It was written to Christians, and he was to the churches, and he said, listen, I stand at the door, and I'm knocking, and I'm going to come to your heart, and I'm going to knock, and I'm going to ask myself, can I, can I, would you let me in further? Would you know me in a greater way? Would you just open your understanding and just let go of what you've been taught about how far away you are from me and how much you have to earn from me and realize that I made you close because of my behavior and you stand redeemed. You stand righteous. You stand clean. You stand holy. You stand one with my spirit. You are with me. And nothing you can do will ever undo that. It's not an invitation for me to run off into sin, but I can promise you this. If you're living in a way that's not conducive to what the Holy Spirit has done for you or done in you, what it, if anything, it's an encouragement for me to draw closer to the King and say, thank you. Thank you for making me silk. Man, sometimes I behave like wool, but my behavior is not who I am. You've made me something new. I'm a new creature. Man, the old me was crucified with Christ and I was raised to walk in newness of life. New creature new creature. This is day number six of our Solomon Song 90-day devotional, and I hope you have a fantastic day. Thank you for joining me. We're going to jump right into day number seven tomorrow, seven and eight, uh, kind of a combination tomorrow, and I can't wait for you to be with me on that. God bless you. I hope you have a fantastic day today. Make sure you give away your, sm- your source today, and you do that by smiling. Every time you smile, you give away your source, and the world is hungry for your source. You got it. Give it away. God bless you. We'll see you next time on Lakeside. 